You're listening to Once, episode 38, A Land Without Magic, part one, fairy tale land. Welcome to Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we're so happy to have you listening with us. Check us out over on the web at oncepodcast.com. Subscribe, rate, review, join our forums, everything. Follow us and all over at oncepodcast.com. This has been an awesome episode. Every time I rewatch this, it's just like, I feel like crying in the same place. I feel like I get chills in the same place. I I just am amazed in the same places. And tell us, Daniel, how many times have you rewatched it at this point? Uh, four-ish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which, now, wait, rewatched or watched total? Watched total. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think. Maybe. How many days have passed? <laughs> <laughs> and though... Today, I also rewatched the pilot episode because I thought it would be good to see how did we start in this season and then see how did we end from this season. But we've got a lot to talk about, which is why we're splitting this episode into two parts. So this is our first part, talking about fairy tale land and conversations will come from this and we'll have the feedback within this and also welcome some live calls, maybe, as we have this live chat room going on. We're doing this at a different schedule, but still a lot of people in the chat room. And then we'll split this into a second episode that will have our storybook conversation, which I think is where we'll spend most of our time. So we just wanted to be able to have all of that time possible to talk about each of these things and not have to worry about squeezing it all into a single episode, but splitting it into two gives us more flexibility with that. Kind of like a safety valve. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying we should drop some true love potion on this? <laughs> no. More like hair potion. Hair potion. <laughs> well, I do want to thank a couple people before we go on who have sponsored this episode of Once Podcast. Sandra and Charlene Nelson have both sent in donations to make this podcast possible. Thank you so much, Sandra and Charlene, for sending in those donations. If anyone else would like to sponsor an episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Now, getting into this, there's, oh, wow, just so much to talk about. We're going to split this, like I said, fairy tale land first. And yeah, I wanted to share a couple things that I saw from the pilot. Now that we know how this season ends, a couple things from the pilot is when uh, when James was on his way to find Snow White. We talked about this last show or last time in our after show that I was saying maybe we actually saw him duck in the pilot episode or or, or look at the look ring. at his ring, mm -hmm. yeah, to find the direction. And I realized, no, you guys were right. The same <laughs> scene is in both the pilot and this where he's clearly ducking yeah. but in this finale episode you see him both look at the rain and then later duck mm -hmm. so i was hoping that maybe they tried to tie that in to say that was the same thing <laughs> but no also in the pilot at the wedding when the evil queen broke in 
he said to the evil queen, you're wasting your time. You've already lost. Referring to all of the events that we've seen the rest of the season mm-hmm. of everything the evil queen tried to do, take over, to get rid of snow, all of that, all of those battles that she lost. And James, that's why he's saying you've already lost. And again, like we've referred several times, Rumpelstiltskin said to Snow and James that when Emma comes on her 28th birthday, she would break the curse and the final battle would begin. Right. I think that's what we're going to see in season two. Speaking of lines, I'm so glad we didn't have to hear the one that Snow said about the coffin giving her paws. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad they didn't put that one in this episode. Is that the order he said it in? Like, You'll break, she'll break the curse and then the final battle will begin. He said, uh, on she'll return she on her return. 28th birthday and then the final battle will yeah. begin. Yeah. Uh, but breaking the curse is not the final battle. Right. And then the last thing I thought of uh, or caught from the pilot episode is notice that in Storybrooke, Regina did not know about Henry's book, the storybook. She was shocked to learn about its existence. Oh, yeah. So she didn't know about that. And the writers, this is not a spoiler, the mm-hmm. writers have hinted that at some point we will learn more about the book and how it came to be. One I count hope. that as a spoiler. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, you've just been spoiled. You know what? Every time you say this is not a spoiler, now I'm going to be like, oh, crap, <laughs> a spoiler's coming. <laughs> So that that was all that I noticed from the pilot episode, but it was so cool looking to see how we started and then jumping to how we end for this season. Very cool. Yeah. And then over summertime, we will be doing a complete rewatch and sharing much of that in our podcast over the uh, the summer hiatus. By the way, season two has been confirmed, renewed, yes. and filming starts in July. And Adam Horowitz tweeted that they'll probably be back on TV in September. Oh, good. Yeah. That'll good. be good. That's only about four months. <laughs> yeah, four very, very long months. Okay, so that's everything I wanted to share from the pilot episode. Let's get into discussing fairy tale land from A Land Without Magic. I have one question. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have a few, but I'll only, only ask one right now. <laughs> Who made the mirror show Queen, the Queen, charming, running through the woods? It was like Seriously. she was talking. She was talking to the huntsman, and then all of a sudden, poof! There was charming on the mirror. Like there was. I mean, she even looked surprised that he was there. Well, it was the magic mirror who showed that. Like you can hear the sound of. Zoom. And then she looks over and it's there. Yeah. But I had the same question. I was like, why didn't she ask yeah, for it? She wasn't, She's all like, find him. And she's like, oh, ne- never, never mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, she she wasn't, like, she hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't was, get that. I didn't know if that meant she doesn't have that kind of control yeah. or. Maybe she didn't Sydney think of it. I, or what's maybe his name? The genie, maybe Just he did. Just the genie. Yeah. She's got to have some name. control. She teleported him. While she was on the other side yeah. of the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe she just needed the idea. And the genie was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. It's Oof. like, over here. <laughs> Always over here. <laughs> I will help you. <laughs> but I don't think they showed the genie because probably the actor is on to other things. I know. And they've only hinted at him in this episode through both Fairytale Land and Storybook. But right. 
yeah, I, I think he just wasn't able to make it. Hmm. We uh, start out, or this is just the order of uh, some of the notes I've taken, in the evil queen's castle as, uh, as James is trying to escape. One of the first things that happens is he says, I will always find you. And a guard says, oh, that's going to be hard with your, without your head. <laughs> Rapunzel sent in an uh, email to say, so clearly there was a ton going on during this episode. And this is a very small comment at the very beginning that struck me in regards to the Queen of Hearts. So when Charming is in his cell at the beginning and he vows that he will always find you, then the two guards approach and the actual guard says that you will that will be hard to do without your head the queen is looking forward to your execution so this has a clear connection to the queen of hearts favorite execution method so i'm wondering what this connection maybe means did the writers just put it in as a kind of allusion to the queen of hearts without a deliberate connection or was there more to it thanks guys you're all awesome rapunzel oh thanks rapunzel <laughs> thank you I Good think it feedback. was just a clever quip. Maybe. Maybe. Well, how is King George going to kill James? Maybe that's just fairy tales, like, choice of execution. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Either hanging or getting their heads chopped off. But, yeah, J- uh, King George wanted to kill James by beheading him. But then again, it could be another trick Regina learned from her mother. <laughs> exactly. Or from her sister. Or Or (laughs) whatever we think she is. Mm. In the beginning, uh, there was that scene where we saw the huntsman and the name Jamie Dornan appearing right underneath it, right when his face shows, which was just great. I think that uh, a lot of people were cheering in their seats. And just for clarification, because we've gotten several emails on this, like, how can he be alive? Dan, how about you explain, how can the Huntsman be alive in fairy tale land if he's dead in storybook? Because that was before the curse. Mm. <laughs> it's yes. in the past. Now, I have to admit, I kept my mouth shut so I wouldn't give any spoilers, but I followed his, I was watching his tweets once. Um, well, they showed up in my feed. Jamie Dornan's yes. tweets? Yes. Okay. And he said... Um, something alluding to the fact that he was going to make a guest appearance mm. and looking forward to being with the crew again. So I was like, oh, oh, I can't <laughs> say anything now. So I kept my mouth shut. Good job. I know it was difficult. Yeah, some people had theorized that maybe he would come back as some kind of vision or dream to Emma, or maybe Emma would have the power to bring him back from the dead. But uh, now, now we saw. But one of the things that he says right off when he uh, starts out. I gave up my heart so that the queen would spare snows. Don't let my sacrifice be in vain. It's like dead man walking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's awesome, though, that he he recognizes there's this larger battle in play. And he gave up something in order Mm -hmm. to help that. And he didn't realize how important that was until now. Right. It's still frustrating that he was willing to sacrifice himself for Snow when later on he died not trying to sacrifice himself, but just died a pointless death. Yeah. He was willing to do it for honor and then ended up dying in vain. So that frustrated me. He was a confused man. 
Everyone was. They couldn't remember who they were. Yeah. When then the evil queen sends James from where he was into the infinite forest, as it's called. At first, when we watched it, I thought that's the exact same forest as Hansel and Gretel were sent to. Now, maybe it was. And I think in that episode, (sighs) True North, they did even say the infinite forest. I can't remember that. I don't remember hearing that before. But I did did compare the screenshots. And they are different uh, from where you see above the trees and the mountains in the background and the sun. They are different. (laughs) But it could still be the same forest. It could. It, It would make sense for that to be Regina's favorite place to send people. Mm-hmm. I want to get rid of you, so take the infinite forest. Of course, the other thing I was questioning was whether Rumpelstiltskin was really <laughs> being truthful about where he was. True. Or, I, I think he was. Because why else would Regina send him there? Oh, I don't know. By the way, you wonder whatever happened to Hansel and Gretel because um, Rumpel did make the note, bravery won't get you out of this forest, dearie, magic will. Mm. (laughs) So they either, I wonder if, I mean, they technically, if it's an infinite forest, you could say all sorts of things if they're still in fairytale land or what happened. Well, no, they went to Storybrooke, but I don't know. Like we we discussed this earlier. Did they just teleport from there to Storybrooke? Mm -hmm. I have a thought. I think that Rumpelstiltskin is invested in Mary Margaret's future and the future of Prince James. Well, that's two different lands, sorry. Um, <laughs> because of his love potion. I think he needs them to be actively in love in order for it to work. Hmm. I think so. You think so? Because I maybe. think I think maybe he hadn't used it before because they didn't know who each other were. Well, he needed Emma to do it that's for true. some weird reason. I don't know. That's that's a weird theory that I just came up with. <laughs> but there is something important that Rumpelstiltskin says about magic. How did you get it? The same way I get everything I want. Magic. Rumpelstiltskin uses magic to, to steal get what he wants. He yeah. stole the ring and then made him buy it back. But yeah. oh, I didn't realize that. That's mean. It well, is mean and he, stupid. He was, the deal was actually more for getting the ring and having it be enchanted. Oh, and getting him out of the forest. Well, I why think. Didn't, why didn't Charming just say, "No, oh, give me back my ring the way it was. I don't want to go like put a <laughs> egg inside of a dragon, <laughs> a woman dragon, a woman dragon." Because then he'd be stuck in the infinite forest. Yeah, that's true. Snowless. So he needed loveless. <laughs> He needed, he needed Rumpel's help. Yes. Okay, got it. And I think this ties into how we see Mr. Gold, who's now become Rumpelstiltskin, later in Storybrooke, is that he is using magic to get what he wants. And I think that's why he said this here in Fairytale Land. But a couple of things that we learned from this about Rumpelstiltskin is, one, he can teleport, definitely. And he can fight. Yeah. Oh, my word. And he word. can heal himself. Yes. But yeah, that's the other thing. He can be wounded. Yes. But he can heal himself. Giggling all the while. Well, he caught that blade. <laughs> that was so amazing. Cool. Yeah. We'll have a screenshot of that over in the show notes for this episode, oncepodcast.com slash 38, if you want to check that out. Well, no way. There's such a thing as the infinite forest. 
<laughs> it's going to have three facing <laughs> mirrors facing inward, so it looks like it goes on forever in this little park area. Whoa. So you're going to, like, run and, into a mirror? Yeah, January 30th, 2012. It was made for a winning design for this, this park, and it's just going to reflect continuously around to make it look like it's infinite. That's awesome. Then it also looks like there's two of you. I wonder if it's magical. Or four of you. <laughs> Six of you. I love what how Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> phrased his previous experience with love. What do you know, true love? Well, not so much as you, perhaps, but not so little as you might think. <laughs> it was a brief flicker of light amidst an ocean of darkness. I love that. So he was in love, and he realizes that now. And he, in Storybrooke later, says, I love you, back to Belle. Yeah, but... But... It's kind of like, yes, 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 I love you. <laughs> this has been established, but it's not really that important. I but I want really, my magic. Jungle. I would love to know why he didn't just grab her and kiss her, and then, you know, do the magic thing. Well, and we'll talk more about hey. that in our next episode, part two of this uh, when we talk about Storybrooke. But he also said that he's saving the magic for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. So now we've learned a couple things about the curse and how he made the curse from this is the love potion. Number nine. He used a drop. <laughs> I mean, number one. <laughs> he used a drop on the parchment for making the curse. Mm -hmm. And Jenny brought this up about what parchment. It was the parchment of the curse that Maleficent was holding. You guys yeah. helped me. In her staff. Yeah. So, one drop of this, I wonder if, if this whole thing of how the curse would play out was in his sights from the beginning. Like, he's going to make this curse, bring us to Storybrooke, then I'm going to get my magic back, then season two happens. You know what I thought whenever I, like... This is crazy. Um, whenever he was mentioning the one drop of the love potion on the parchment, I was thinking kind of like cooking. Like if you have too much of one ingredient, <laughs> it kind of like dilutes the whole thing and messes it all up. <laughs> so I was thinking like he put love potion in there so that he could mess it all up later by adding more love potion. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought of it as like cooking. It was weird. But the love potion <laughs> is his most powerful magic. It's the most powerful magic in the world. The only magic powerful enough to break any curse. Any curse. Mm -hmm. It's not just True Love's Kiss, which I was thinking about this recently. If True Love's Kiss can break any curse, then what's the point of a curse? But then again, consider True Love's Kiss means both people have to have true love and a kiss between them breaks any curse. So... Rumpelstiltskin now has the power to break any curse without having to involve anyone else's, or, well, anyone else, really. He can break a curse, any curse, without true love because he has bottled true love. Potentially? <laughs> yeah. Well, the people who, whose hairs made the curse, I mean, the love potion, <laughs> were involved in the curse. The people whose love made the love potion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might have been, too, that they had to do a deal with him in order for it to work. Mm. That there's more to it. Because otherwise, I mean, you just shave your head and, ha, -ha rumples, <laughs> you know, powerless. <laughs> so there's got to be more to it. Rumpel's girl sent in an email. 
to us about this point or this conversation. And she said, Hi, podcasters. So after Sunday's truly epic season finale, A Land Without Magic, I realized I was quite bothered by the final scene in which Rumpelstiltskin, in a very dark one sort of way, tells Belle that magic is coming and that magic is power. It seems to set up Rumpel as the true villain, whereas Regina was only the villain for this season. As a huge Rumpel fan, that this bothered me. So after a few more rewatchings, I began to think that perhaps Rumpel's line to Charming at the start of the show might serve to alleviate this conundrum. While in the Infinite Forest, Rumpel holds up Charming's ring and tells him he got it the same way I get whatever I want. Magic. At first, I dismiss this line. It is true that while in Fairytale Land, we see Rumpel use magic for just about everything. And then I thought, what if Rumpel really needs... What if Rumpel really does think this is the only way he can get what he wants? What if he honestly believes that he needs the magic in order to get what he most desires? In this case, Balefire, I think that I think that the loss of Bay followed by the loss of Bell, both people he truly loves who wanted him to relinquish his magic, finally made him realize that he does have to put magic aside if he wants to be happy. It's like the dark one we first encountered in Desperate Souls. That dark one was weary, tired of being controlled, and wished to end it, and so manipulated the situation so that Rumpel would become the new dark one. What if Rumpel is doing the same thing? He needed the curse in order to come to our world. He needed it broken in order to leave Storybrooke, and he needs his magic in order to find Bay. He, like the dark one before him, is manipulating the situation for his true end, find Bay. Take all the fairy tale characters home to fairy tale land and live happily ever after with Belle. But he thinks that the only way to get what he wants is through magic. Perhaps he's been the dark one for so long that he's forgotten how to accomplish things without magic. And now that he has Belle, he doesn't need to be killed in order to stop being the Dark One. Belle's true love will cure him of this curse. If every fairy tale is supposed to end with happily ever after, then maybe that's the overall aim of the show. Everyone back in fairy tale land, no dark magic, living happily ever after. Can't believe we have to go all summer without the show. You guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. Rumples girl. Great theories. I don't know if Rumpelstiltskin planned to go back to Storybrooke or uh, Fairytale Land, though. I'm not sure. I mean, I think we all assumed that that was the end result of the battle, but I don't know anymore. I, I wouldn't think he would, because in Storybrooke, it's a constant battle. I mean, in Fairytale Land, it's a constant battle of who's in power and other people have magic. In Storybrooke, now we still don't know where this could go with what bringing magic to the world does, but maybe he becomes the most powerful person with magic, and he has a whole world, possibly, at his access, a world that doesn't have magic, and so since he has magic, he is power to an entire world without magic. So it's like he can set himself to be God, basically. Oh, no. In this new world is maybe what he's thinking. I just realized if 
Storybrooke, if they could leave Storybrooke, now there's a werewolf on the loose. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this ties into this, this part where he's saying he uses magic to get what he wants, everything he wants. And maybe that's why this whole plan is so he can be somewhere that he's the only one with magic. We, we don't know. And we'll discuss this more as we talk about Storybrooke in our next episode. I don't understand the hiding the egg in the so-called beast. <laughs> so she really never became herself again between that moment and the moment that the curse was enacted, like at least a year later. I don't know, because it could be something like by her transforming, maybe Maleficent is able to actually still have the egg inside her, even when she's transformed back into a person. Because the events of this episode, Land Without Magic, are probably at least a year before the curse, or around a year. Yeah, they had to get married, and then that's probably... Take back the kingdom, get married. Right. And then the whole curse thing. The you whole know, pregnancy thing. I don't think Maleficent was trapped as a dragon just because of the egg being put in her. I think, I think Regina is saying that she was trapped in a certain form when... The curse was enacted, and when she brought people over, I think that's proof that she was not like Regina didn't do that to her. Yeah. Well. Oh no, I thought Wait. she said that was her punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Regina, what she said. Regina didn't put the egg in her, so oh. the egg didn't cause her to stay right, a dragon. Right. Okay. But it just seems, yeah, because I mean, he even went to the trouble of having James say, "I'm going to need a smaller egg." When he <laughs> saw her, well, I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> Since she can turn into a, a dragon magically, I, I don't see a problem with her having the egg inside her when she becomes human again. I How mean, would you like it? I would like it very much. Especially like it's if if it's like in her like neck or something, like, like the dragons would have this big lump on her neck. <laughs> I think magically it would become smaller and fit so. her again. <laughs> Jeremy, you mentioned that line, Goiter. I'm going to need a smaller egg. Uh, Rava sent in a message with several points that we'll mention as they fit in, but saying that maybe this was a nod. Well, I'll read this. When Prince James is fighting Malef- Maleficent, he says, I'm going to need a smaller egg. I think this was probably a play on the line from Jaws. We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. Or we're going to need bigger guns for Godzilla. (laughs) I didn't know that was a Jaws quote. Mm. Speaking of Maleficent, I really enjoyed a small detail that uh, the producers or whoever had anything to do with this added. It was the sound effect again, like like Pinocchio's (laughs) knee on the floor. Um, I really enjoyed the sound that her staff made when she put it when she like put it on the floor it <laughs> it was like the the original disney animated version cuz her um, staff was always so loud in her big castle like it echoed and stuff so i just huh. i enjoyed that That's so cool. thank you very much there was a lot actually that was very similar to the disney version like if you look at maleficent and also look at her as a dragon and look at her <laughs> castle they're all very similar to the actual Disney version. 
And I'll have some screenshots of this mm. in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 38. But even when you look at her castle in Once Upon a Time is on this kind of pedestal sort of like thing. It's going to crumble into the ocean yeah. any minute now. <laughs> yeah, I seriously wonder if someone stands on the wrong side of the castle, does that mean it'll tip over? Especially the dragon. If the dragon stands <laughs> on the wrong side of the... Hey, but, is that the animated version? But then if you look at the Disney version from 1959, the castle looks very, very much the same. So I'll have these screenshots over at the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 38. And also the dragons look very similar. You know what else you you see in that screenshot right there? Purple smoke everywhere. (laughs) And green. And green too, but the purple spinning around like Jefferson's hats on top of the castle or something. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll we'll have the screenshots of the castles, of Maleficent, of the dragons, and that. In the show notes. Speaking of the castle, that was the most flimsy stained glass window window I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like it was made out of sugar. Good thing for him. <laughs> yeah. How did he know that would happen? Stained glass is kind of durable. I would <laughs> he think bounces off and gets cooked. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Guess what? That was a triplet. <laughs> <What>? Never mind. Terry <laughs> also sent in an email about Maleficent. And said, hey guys, I had this theory after watching the finale on Sunday, and I thought I would share it with you. So I was thinking that this episode could represent the story of Sleeping Beauty. In the movie, the girl meets her prince, not knowing that he is a prince, and falls in love. Later, though, Maleficent puts her to sleep, and the prince fights the dragon to reach her and wakes her up with true love's kiss, breaking the sleeping spell and the town her and the town were all under. In Once Upon a Time, Snow meets Prince Charming without knowing he is a prince, and they fall in love. Later, Snow is put into a sleep, and Prince Charming goes to find her. With the Huntsman and Rumpelstiltskin's help, they could represent the help the prince gets from the three fairies when they give the prince a sword and a shield. He gets his needed supplies to fight the dragon. He fights Maleficent so that he can reach his true love and breaks the sleeping curse. In Storybrooke, when Emma kisses Henry on the forehead, he awakens from a sleeping curse, which wakes everyone else in the town up. Hmm. You can tell they all woke up like they were sleepwalking the whole time because none of them seemed to know what they were doing before, and they just remember their fairy tale place. We'll talk about that more next episode. Well, just a thought. I hope you like it. Thanks for your awesome podcast. Carrie. So it, it's a great uh, connection of that maybe all of these things are tied together, but I think we're still going to see an actual Sleeping Beauty story. Most likely, maybe. So they'll bring Maleficent back. Well, we don't know how they're going to tell stories in season two. When you look at Lost, they did flashbacks for a couple seasons, then they did flash forwards, then they did flash sidewayses which is a term that didn't exist before <laughs> Lost. So we have no idea what they're going to do in season two, how they're going to tell stories. They're probably going to explore more fairy tale characters. I, I would almost guarantee they're going to explore more. The only way I think they can do that is if they do somehow tell more from fairy tale land. Mm-hmm. And I think there are pieces that were hinted at that still haven't been touched on. Stuff like, uh, well, Sleeping Beauty, 
and Ariel, because remember when Regina came to Rumpelstiltskin's castle, he said, there's a matter I'd like to speak to you about, about a particular mermaid. Mm -hmm. A hint at Ariel. Maybe we'll still see that in fairy tale land. So we don't know what stories they'll cover or what things they'll just kind of retell with mixing other events. Wow, I just thought of Archie Hopper's being Sebastian from Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, oh, man. Under the sea. <laughs> Wait, why? I hope they have like a Jamaican do that part. That would be perfect because Sebastian <laughs> sounded kind of Jamaican. <laughs> After Prince Charming had then gotten that potion from, or uh, not gotten, placed the potion inside Maleficent. And whether she remains a dragon, we don't know. After that, maybe she, she can turn it back. Maybe it's like the Hulk. You won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> but uh, he comes back to Rumpelstiltskin, and Rumpelstiltskin is just pushing him on it. It seems like Rumpelstiltskin is true love's biggest fan now. <laughs> and he kind of says as much. Why do you want us together? What do you get out of it? I'm a fan of true love, dearie. And more importantly, what it creates. I think he's talking about the potion, and that just, that makes, that really makes me think that he really needs them to be in love in order for that particular love potion to work. Well, he may be talking about power in general. Oh, true. Yeah, because he's, he's seen Snow White and Prince Charming as major pieces to this the whole time. So, if they don't get together... They don't have Emma. If they don't have Emma, then there's no safety valve to the curse. <laughs> so I, he wants all of this for his own purpose. Obviously, not because of true love. Although, well, we still don't know. Maybe he is after true love. It seems like the reason he created the curse was to find Bay. Uh-huh. But is that the only reason? That's the thing. Because like uh, one of our previous emailers said, maybe he wants to find Bay, go back to fairytale land. I'm thinking he wants to find Bay and stay in Storybrooke or stay in rather not just Storybrooke, but in our world as almost a god with all of his magic powers. Hmm. I have a broader theory, but I'll save it for the next episode. And we would love to hear your feedback, too. You can comment on the show notes for this episode over at oncepodcast.com slash 38 and get the screenshots that we mentioned here. And I don't know how much more we'll talk about the finale after these two part, uh, this two-part episode, but we'd love to hear from you still. You can also email feedback at oncepodcast.com or go to oncepodcast.com and click on the Send a Voice Message tab or call in to 903 903- Two three one two 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 one, and it's really awesome to be doing this live. And we've got a live caller with us. Jennifer from California has called in to talk with us. Thank you for calling in, Jennifer. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, Fairy uh, Land, I've I've been really excited, kind of watching, because I grew up with with watching all these fairy tale cartoons and movies, and love how they kind of expound on things. Like, um, just for me, before the curse, everybody was, you know, happy-go-legging. And, and real quickly, their their whole world 
that even Snow White, you know, before anything happens, she's in a fairy tale land, worried about her baby and just very motherly. And and she she's the only one. There were two people to me that really stood up to Rumpelstiltskin that I just absolutely adore, and I hope I see the other one more often too. Uh, Snow White and Cinderella. Hmm. And I really appreciated that Cinderella said, you know what, I want my child, and who the heck are you? You're not going to touch my kid. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know? And I really appreciated that she wasn't intimidated at all by his power. And if you, if you look around at Fairytale Land, everybody else who comes across Rumpel Stiltskin, like the, um, the guard, for example, who got, you know, turned into a bug, and oops. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but... Those two women were like, you know what, we're having kids and you're not going to touch our children for anything with 10-foot pole. And, and um, you know, and even in a sense, he even kind of bullied Prince Charming because if you remember, Prince Charming was the twin. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they had to go, Rumpelstiltskin had to find him because the, the real prince was killed. And Rumpelstiltskin, uh, you know, basically said, you're not going to see your family again. And what does the prince do? He goes, oh, okay, I'll go with you. I'm thinking, no. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately he had to because then we, we wouldn't have the Snow White and Prince Charming story. But um, I just found it really inspiring that, you know, because everyone says, oh, we love to have these women role models. And I thought, well, those two women, in my opinion, I really hope that they continue to show their background stories more often because um, they've got a good backbone to them. And I don't see them ever being... Um, bullied by Rumpelstiltskin, and then, you know, I, I like that a lot. And then uh, for Fairy Tale Land, my, of course, absolute favorite, everybody loves Rumble. The Rumpelstiltskin mm-hmm. and Belle story, everybody loves that. And I just adore the the sweetness between the two of them. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm glad they kiss. <laughs> but <laughs> waiting for round two for that. Waiting for round two kiss. Um, <laughs> but I'm just glad that she was just such a giving spirit to, to Rumble Stiltskin. And um, I hope he remember. you know, I hope that in Fairytale Land we'll see more and more that, you know, he kind of gets, I'm sure it weighed heavily on him when she left, you know, that he's saying, no one can love this beast. And I'm thinking, well, you're wrong. And, uh, you know, and oh, Regina, it, uh, the, the, the evil queen just drives me up the wall. <laughs> oh, man. When she's just smiling, saying, oh, she died. I'm like, oh, I wanted to slap her so bad. <laughs> but, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I just overall, I, it's a fantastic series, and I'm loving every aspect of it. So I, I know you have other phone calls. I won't keep it going. But um, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you think uh, we're going to see a Cinderella story, like more to Cinderella than I we already have? Hope, I hope so, because I'm on a lot of these um, fan pages that don't really like her. And I think they're they're misjudging her. They're not seeing we're not seeing enough of hmm. her. We saw one episode, or, and or one and a half, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And everyone else seems to be getting a couple of these episodes. And so I'm hoping Cinderella really can get more, the more of a history, because you know who's this baby that she had? Hmm. Yeah, hmm. true. Who's the baby? We have, I have no clue. I have no clue who this kid is, and does this baby have, um, you know, superpowers also? I, I just don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> that she has, and, and uh, you know, there's more to her than just, oh, I was, the, I was the housekeeper, and now I'm a princess. 
that I, I think there's a lot more to her. Hmm. And uh, I've always loved Cinderella. I've always loved Cinderella. So I, I'm defending her. <laughs> but, yeah, everyone loves Rumble and uh, Rumblefieldskin and Belle, but I want to see more of Cinderella. That's a good thought. Mm-hmm. I've I've yeah. never actually thought of her baby as being like somebody significant. Yeah, only baby born in Storybrook. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, other than Emma, Emma true. was born in Storybrook well, as well. Well, she so, was. I mean, so- she was born in Fairytale Land, but she was taken to Storybrooke. Yeah. Oh, here's a scary strange thought, but it, it kind of leaps into our so I don't know if I should really be saying it, but um, I'm just thinking, you know, so Emma had a kid, and, you know, uh, Cinderella had a boy. Did she have a boy? I uh, yes. They were both born around the same time? Both the born and Emma were born around the same time? I'm just kind of throwing that out well, there. Well, the baby... <laughs> Um, Cinderella's baby wasn't born until Cinderella reached Storybrooke. So that's 28 years later than Emma. Oh, good point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the odd time split there. But Jennifer, thank you very much for calling in. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Thank thank you. Thank you. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, You know, Jenny and I just recently read the story about Cinderella, like the actual fairy tale story. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a bit more gruesome than we it's would have expected. very gruesome. Oh. Like, uh, for these evil stepsisters trying to fit the shoes on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they actually, the mother, the evil stepmother, says, cut off your toe, cut <laughs> off your heel. Oh, just oh. cut off a part of your toe, <laughs> make the shoe fit. And then, oh. like... The prince is taking the ugly stepsister back to the castle, and he's like, oh, the birds tell him, there's blood on the shoe, look! <laughs> and then he sees and he takes his, you know, the stepsister back and tries again. Gross. It's and, awful. And in the original story, it was a golden shoe, not a glass slipper. Yeah, I guess it'd be shoe. harder to conceal part, cutting off parts of the <laughs> and and blood filling up the yeah. shoe. <laughs> the ruby slippers. Oh, <laughs> Now reaching to the other side of the coast, we have Brittany from New York City calling in live. Thank you for calling, Brittany. Hey, guys. How are you? Wonderful. Good. Good. All right. Um, I guess my question about Fairytale Land is that we're kind of left off with Snow White saying to Prince Charming that they're going to take back the kingdom. And, you know, I was wondering where you think exactly they're going to go from there. And even more importantly, um, something that hasn't really been talked about is how did Regina get so much power in the first place that she became you know, such a worthy adversary to Rumpel Silkskin, the Dark One? And any theories on that and how they're going to go against Regina, you know, with Rumpel Silkskin's help or just any thoughts or ideas from you guys? Yeah, it's like they've got several pieces of the story that. They've hinted to, but we want to know, and they haven't covered. Yeah. Maybe season two material, maybe season three. I don't know when or if we'll ever get this, but some of the things, like I think how this episode, A Land Without Magic, had that line of, we'll take back the kingdom. I almost feel like that's enough to give us the idea of what's going on. But... uh some of the other things like where did Regina get her power? I think, yeah, that's a great thing that could be explored in a story. What do you think? Yeah. I was just wondering like how you think that they could go against Regina, because even though, you know, true love is very powerful, 
Regina has a little more up her sleeves, and I think Snow White and Charming can go against, especially since when they're separated, they are really, you know, defenseless against her. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But yeah. uh, that that does raise some great points. I'm glad you brought that up. So thank you. I mean, I love the podcast and everything. Just wanted to see if anyone in the chat room, if you guys had any theories on that. But yeah, I think that's something they're probably going to pick up right um, in the second season, perhaps with Fairy Tale Land, is how they get the kingdom back. Yeah, there there's still so much that. Well, we we really don't know anything about what season two will be, how they're going to tell these stories or anything. But uh, awesome to see if they get those stories filled in like that. Yeah. The okay, idea. Well, thank of, you, guys. I was just going to say the idea of magic. I didn't even think about that. I I almost feel like people in Fairytale Land are just born with magic, and some have more magic. It's like mini chlorians in Star Wars. <laughs> 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 Maybe. You know, Disney <laughs> does own Star Wars, so we might be going down there, but who knows? <laughs> wow. Funny. Yeah, it's funny because it feels like with the season finale, they brought so much of the story for the season full circle, including what they were telling in Fairy Tale Land. And so I almost feel, at the same time, I want to know how they retake the kingdom, but I almost feel... Like, if they're going to tell that piece, it has to relate specifically, there has to be a parallel with something happening in Storybrooke, if that's even the storytelling method they choose. But it it's almost Maybe like... they'll introduce something that how they take back the kingdom is something really important, like Regina losing her power or something like that, that actually takes effect in the kingdom. Like, maybe they have a card against her that we're not sure of that won't be introduced to the till next season. Right. Mm. Or it even reveals something about some other character like, well, I don't know how it would relate to Korra, but yeah, something, some way that something that happened during that period becomes relevant later on and we just don't know about it yet. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for calling in, Brittany. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. That was cool. Yeah, so many holes left to fill and so many more things that we don't know are holes, but they might still want to fill it in with story later on. And we pave get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldoze it and pave it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for calling in live and the feedback that we've gotten for this. If you'd like to send your feedback for future episodes, and like I said, we haven't made a definite plan on what our timeline will be for episodes over the hiatus, but we will have episodes over the hiatus and uh, some awesome things that we have planned and really fun things too. But send us your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com. You can send written or recorded feedback if you have that ability to record there or go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message button. Or the easiest way is just pick up the phone and call 903 231 2221 and leave a voicemail for us there. We are recording both parts of this episode about A Land Without Magic on the same evening. So if you're thinking you can slip in your feedback between these two episodes, well, you've already seen both episodes downloaded, so it's it's not going to quite fit, but we might still include it later on in the future. Be sure to check out the forums also. So active over at the forums, over 10,000 posts. Actually, it's probably more than 11,000 now over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. 
last thing I want to ask you to do is please leave a written review for us in iTunes. That really helps a lot, gets us in front of more people as it bumps us in the iTunes rankings, and we'd really appreciate that. You can go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. Or actually, okay, I lied. Two other things. And two other things is season one DVD and Blu-ray is now available for pre-order, and it will be shipping out in August. You can go to oncepodcast.com slash season one to get the link to that over at amazon.com. And last time I checked, Amazon actually had a $15 off coupon, making the first season instead of $45 for the Blu-ray, making it only $30 for the Mm Blu-ray. So look down below the picture over on amazon.com for that. And our link takes you straight there. So oncepodcast.com slash season one. And if you purchase through that link, that helps support the show as well. And the soundtrack is available on CD for purchase from Amazon. You can go to oncepodcast.com slash soundtrack to buy the whole soundtrack. And it is absolutely beautiful by Mark Isham. And Mark Isham's a cool guy. You might hear from him sometime on one's podcast. Oh, just saying. <laughs> so check out all of this and more over at oncepodcast.com. And if you're on Tumblr, we just recently started a Tumblr Tumblog over there. So that might be a new way that you can connect with us. We'll be sharing some unique information over there too, tweeting it and posting it on Facebook as well. Click all our links, press all our buttons on the website over at oncepodcast.com, and it helps us out a whole bunch. Make sure that you also download episode 39, where we'll be talking about Storybrooke in detail, and we've got a lot to talk about for that. So follow the show on Twitter as Once Podcast, and you can follow each of us as well on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter.com slash The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. Get the screenshots and show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 38. And remember, let's take back the kingdom like we shall do everything together. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. Huge thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode of Once Podcast, go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Sometimes when we record these podcasts, we're either on a sugar high, it's late at night, or we're tired, or for whatever reason, we get a little goofy. So I present to you these bloopers from this episode. So we really hope that you will uh, get to watch this episode. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> Ooh, maybe I can do Twitter.com this time instead of Twitter. I'm get to okay. watch this episode again. <laughs> I love the music we're hearing. Well, that's what distracted me is... There's <laughs> music? Like, why, why was there no music? Oh. Oh. Okay, let's do this one. Uh, <laughs> Yay. I know. I don't know why I said Twitter weird. I think it's, Did you say it weird, Daniel? Yes, he did. Lilla Faye Wood on the chat room said that I always think of a fat flu...
fat, uh, fat <laughs> blue bird every time I say that word, the word Twitter. Twitter. Fat blue berry fairy. <laughs> okay. Can we have to do another one after this? I'm already like brain shot. Let's do this again. <laughs> I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle. <laughs> you did what I did instead of Twitter.com. So weird again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forget or what I'm supposed to say now. <laughs> oh. How do you we say, say who it? you are? Well, I know that and part. And your Twitter account. However you want to see. Do I have to say mine this? again? Yes. Because, no, I already said it. And I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me say it again. Okay, let's do this. Okay. <clears throat> I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter.com slash Noodle. get this right we need to just like copy paste it for the second one we're gonna do tonight okay big number here of lots of stuff to edit that's why i think my original note still applies it's just several minutes after it now oh, this one for the blooper reel they want us to keep this in the final podcast i'll, I'll probably yeah stick it at the end for a blooper oh my <laughs> I'm alright now. Okay. Take go. four. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, stop. <clears throat> okay. My name as is. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Can we do this now? I don't know. I think so. I'm good. Yeah, we need a rumple laugh right about now. Oh. Be sure to tune in for our next episode as we just. Dis- <laughs> I saw Jenny's face. Uh, She's like (laughs) meditating with this huge smirk on her face. (laughs) Not my fault this time. (laughs) Are we done? (laughs) Okay. Be sure to also make sure that make sure that you also. So thank you very much for listening to this episode and check us out over at once. (laughs) I'm not saying mine again. We're never podcasting on a Friday night again. (laughs) 